1: Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby.
2: And welcome to Katz and Cosby. The great John Catsimatidis is off today, but boy, is there a lot of news! This is Rita Cosby, of course. Alvin Bragg, the New York DA, his record or lack thereof on crime on the hot seat with the House Judiciary Committee, and also over the weekend, Chicago, tons of protests, and wait do you hear uh, what the new mayor-elect there had to say about it all. And joining us here in studio is the great Judge Richard Weinberg. Also, we have Rudy Giuliani, who's going to be joining us and also talking a lot about crime and everything else. And also, we have former Congressman Peter King, where King's Highway is named after him, the King and I, right? You Everything.
3: Rudy? Rudy's the one guy that didn't need an introduction. You did yeah. say Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I <laughs> know, I
2: know, because you can hear the smile. I, you know what? I, I was waiting, because I know Rudy's going to have a lot to say. I never say anything. Never, never. Boy, Rudy, I can't wait to ask you, first off, what we were just talking about with Chicago. I mean, this is... Unbelievable. The Chicago mayor-elect, this is the guy who loses to Vallas. Brandon Johnson comes out. They're protesting all over the streets, over Chicago this weekend, these teenagers. And he says, don't demonize the teenagers. That's his response. Wow.
4: Well, I think we knew that, right? But I guess it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to see it. But we knew that he was a defund the police, Black Lives Matter uh, and remember, the Black Lives Matter, let's let's get straight, is a kill police organization that's run by communists who would like to overthrow the United States. All you have to do is read about them, and they tell you – they're not shy about that. Everybody else lies about them, but they will tell you, you know, pigs in a blanket, frying like bacon means kill the police. Police killings have gone up. So these are two terrible organizations. So what would you expect from this guy? Uh, the only thing I'll say about him is at least he doesn't pretend – Half the Democrats make believe they're not like that, but they are. I mean, half the Democrats make believe they're trying to protect us, and they let all the criminals out. He lets you know, I'm going to let all the criminals out.
2: How scary, though, that that's his solution. Uh, wait, what does that say, uh, Judge Weinberg? Your thoughts?
5: I think Chicago is lost. I think uh-huh. the state of Illinois mm-hmm. is lost. You cannot have a governor like that for four, or a mayor like that for four years. You have Pritzker as the governor who signed this ridiculous. <laughs> Everybody gets out of jail free on no bail in Illinois. It's a terrible, terrible law. Now you can combine it with Chicago, the major city. What do you think is going to happen to Chicago? People are fleeing. All the major corporations are fleeing. All the productive taxpayers are fleeing. People create the jobs are fleeing. Where's your economic base for the state of Illinois and Chicago? Chicago is doomed under this leadership.
3: It's Chicago, Chicago is really a truly great American city. To see it decline and fall like uh, this is really a tragedy. It's terrible. It is.
2: Really terrible. By the way, speaking of crime, everybody, of course, the big hearing today, uh, Jim Jordan leading the House Judiciary Committee. And there was some powerful testimony. Rudy Giuliani, wow. I mean, these are real
4: people who lost their children. And the way the Democrats treated them as if they were political operatives of some kind. Uh, they have no heart. I mean, the, the uh, somehow in their left-wing, uh, help-the-criminal, communist ideology, uh, y- the human being is lost. You, you look at, you know, these are people that would not be dead if it wasn't fa- for Bragg. I mean, it's just real simple. Under any sensible DA, they would be in prison being held for crimes. Uh, I calculate, and they, they came up with number 6,000 today, I calculated about 7,000 people are on the street today that would have been in jail when I was the mayor. And and this gentleman, uh, the judge here, this fine gentleman, uh, Judge uh, Weinberg, Peter Vallone was the head of the city council, uh, probably would have been in jail when Bloomberg was the mayor. Absolutely. That are on the street now. 7,000 predators on the street now. They're the ones committing the crimes. And Bragg has him there. if it isn't Bragg, it's the guy in, 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 uh, in the Bronx who imitates Bragg. I mean, except for Staten Island, he sort of sets the standard now.
2: So Rudy Juliano, where do we go from here? Because the Democrats Bragg's office came out by the way a little bit ago and recited again that it was a political stunt. Uh that this is just all about politics and it's sort of Republican payback for you, the you, Trump you know, indictment. That's
4: kind of ridiculous. They spent, you know, five years all about politics with their ridiculous hearings, right? I mean, uh, I used to I I I used to call him fatso, but now you can hardly hardly see him. Nadler, I mean, uh, Nadler used to get up and give those ridiculous statements that were total lies. Remember, this man lied to you for four years about Russian collusion. He deliberately lied to you about something that didn't take place that Hillary Clinton paid for. So, and that wasn't political. And I guess it is political, but it's political to save our lives. I mean, these are real. Honest political problems. We've got an administration in New York City and in Albany that gets people killed. Adams says the right things and does all the wrong things. He may be worse, actually. I mean, I don't know if uh, harder to be worse than de Blasio. I'd love to see what Pete thinks. At least de Blasio lets you uh, you know what he was. He was a communist. He hated the police. They hated him. Adams comes in. I love the police. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And we have more crime.
3: Actually, I heard your interview with Laura Curran today. I think he says some of the right things, and then disappoints who He hasn't followed through. I think he is an excellent police commissioner. I wish she was given a free me hand. Me too. And uh, no, right, so far, it's a, a lot of talk and very little action. And In some ways, that's
5: more uh, – don't you think in some ways that's more difficult for the public uh, to deal well, with? Well, Congressman, Mr. Mayor, I, I'll tell you what troubles me. You have uh, the budget – negotiations going on up in albany and one of the big issues is changing the discovery laws and so-called bail reform laws and now they've just put lipstick on a pig on these negotiations yeah tell everybody by the way judge weinberg there's some new news that just broke a little bit you just
2: explained it to me it's terrific
5: yeah this is the problem they think a good deal is taking away the obligation to find the least restrictive alternative that bringing the person back for trial That's what they say, Lisa restrict, but in violent cases. As the mayor and I were talking about before we went on air, the problem with that is judges should have absolute discretion in all cases to hold somebody in who's a threat to public safety. That's the rule in 49 of the other states and in the federal system, as the mayor knows when he's the U.S. attorney. It's a rule that ensures public safety. And just by saying, well, you'll let him. Not using restrictive means, at least restrictive means test for so-called violent crimes. That depends how you charge them. So if you undercharge them, Mister Mayor, they'll never be able to hold them in, even if they're violent characters.
4: Gee, Brad Bragg would never undercharge them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: By the way, 52 percent, and they repeated this again at the hearings today, guys, 52 percent of the felonies were reduced to misdemeanors. Uh, Only 50 percent of convictions even after that. That is a stunning number, Rudy Giuliani. Well, you know, as
4: a professional prosecutor, the 50 percent conviction rate is ridiculous. Remember, prosecutors and defense lawyers are not equal. Prosecutors get to select their case. I don't have to bring the case if I think I'm going to lose it. In fact, I'm not supposed to bring the case if I think I'm going to lose it. The defense lawyer gets thrown in there. He he can't, he he can't make up the case unless he's a crook, right? So, I mean, basically a prosecutor's rate of conviction, it's bad if it's 80%. It should be 90, 95%. A, A defense lawyer who had 50%, everybody would want him.
2: Right. Of yeah. Right. And in fact, by the way, that's what people are saying today about Alvin Bragg. There are a couple, of like uh, of course, Republicans who are saying he's more of a defense attorney than a district attorney. Yeah, I mean, those are big good numbers for a defense
4: attorney. <laughs> those are tragic numbers for 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 a prosecutor.
2: Well, and let's bring in, if you could, can you stay with us for a little bit, Rudy yeah, Giuliani? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Fantastic. We want to bring into the conversation, we now have a New York City councilman from Queens, a Democrat, Robert Holden. Councilman Holden, you testified today, too, uh, at the hearing. Uh, this is Rita Cosby, and we also have Judge Richard Weinberg. We also have Congressman Peter King, and we have New York's best mayor ever, Rudy Giuliani, with us here in studio. we got a great studio today. Um, walk us through, if you could, Councilman. And what your message was today at the hearing?
6: Well, by, by the way, it's such an honor to be on with uh, the mayor of New York City, the best mayor ever, Rudy Giuliani, but it, uh, it, it was really um, it was very interesting because the Democrats kept bringing up Trump. Obviously you heard that. And then the Republicans wanted to talk about crime and and all the crime that's going on in New York City, the quality of life. and I said, And I'm I'm sure the congressman is there, Um, he's lived through New York City, certainly Rudy turned around New York City. Uh, We all lived in the city and saw it turn around during the Rudy Giuliani years, and we know what it takes. The blueprint is there. Uh, Rudy and and Bill Bratton uh, did it, right? And then Mayor Bloomberg continued it. And then who unraveled it? De Blasio.
7: What was
2: I mean, the reaction? I by the way, going to say
6: something. Uh, yeah, we're waiting for you. We were like, okay, we're on.
2: We're on. The, we, One
6: of you would say. We all knew the answer,
2: and Rudy and I were like, we were just about to jump. Yeah, in. We were wondering
4: who. Who <laughs>
6: be?
2: I'm
7: always
6: picking. It. People always, you know, say I pick on De Blasio too much. I want somebody else to say it, but it's like. He unraveled so much, and I even said that at the hearing.
2: What was the reaction, was, by the way, Councilman Bob Holden? Uh, what did they? Uh, how did how did it play your comments there? And you're a Democrat. Well, it was
6: interesting. I thought the Republicans did their homework. Uh, I don't think you know that the Democrats really kind of were into this whole thing, and they just kept saying that you know the whole thing. This is all uh, to go after uh, you know Trump or to protect Trump, and what are you doing in New York City? It's the safest big city in the world. I love that one. That's the old, uh, yeah, maybe under Rudy Giuliani it was, or, you know, even under Mayor Bloomberg. Yeah, but, it
4: was. It was under yeah, Mayor Bloomberg, yeah, too. It, it continued yeah, for 20 yeah. years, Bob.
6: Yeah, yeah. And, and and I, you know, we all lived through the bad yeah. days where we had put clubs on our cars. We got our batteries stolen. We got our houses broken into. You know, we all lived through those periods, and we don't want to go back to that. And we are, unfortunately, we are going back to that. And I said, this is not safe. Again, my wife won't take the subway. My daughter won't take the subway. We're always – crime is almost everywhere. You could be in a drugstore and something happens. It wasn't like that. Even in in the 90s when Rudy was there, we had – we did have in the beginning more murders. We we had more homicides. But we didn't have this widespread lawlessness that we're seeing in New York City now.
3: Hey, Bob, this is Pete King. Even during the bad years, the city council was good. The DAs were good. Now you have a city council. Yeah. there any hope for the city council. Well, and People you... respected the police, didn't they? Can, yeah, can I say something did. about the
4: city council? Because we have Judge Weinberg with us. When I became mayor, I thought I had a completely whacked out city council. It was uh, 50, 45 Dems, six Republicans. And in those days, you know, the city council members seem left of left of left in the Democrat Party. Because, I, I mean, I had a lot of good relationships with Democrats. And these guys seem like really lefties. But Peter Vallone got control of them. Right.
2: So what's your point that it's even further to the oh, left now by the, far? Th-
4: those guys would be like Steve Bannon now. I'm thinking the socialist. lefties then would be like Steve
3: Bannon. Yeah, but, <laughs> <you> know, Peter <laughs> Vallone worked with the cops and with the mayor. That's
5: right. Well, when we were, when I was with Peter as his, as his general counsel, we worked with Mayor Giuliani. We worked to save the city and protect the city. We had a common vision what was necessary to do it. And I commend to everybody's attention a wonderful documentary called Gotham The Fall and Rise of, of New York, which really in many ways and I had lunch with one of the producers of that show today. Is a is an ode to the Giuliani era and the fact of the matter is the cops were on the street because of Peter Vallone forcing safe street, safe yeah, city. It shows cooperation and, is the key to it.
2: And but that's the key is the and,
5: cooperation. And you remember the incident with the red phones? You and Peter always had red phones to talk about problems. Yep. And yep. that
2: doesn't happen. By the way, before we let you go, uh Councilman Bob Holden, I want to make sure we touch on another big topic here on Cats and Cosby. Uh I know you're gonna have a reaction. We just have about thirty seconds left, but this is the New York City Health Commissioner revealing this is stunning, a startling fifty percent of migrants streaming into the Big Apple are not vaccinated against the very contagious and deadly uh polio virus. I mean, that is huge. What's your reaction? My reaction is this is Adams. Rudy's eyes are popping out. Adams
4: Adams is completely the cause of this. Adams went on a big thing about how New York City wants all of these people. New York City is going to give you welfare. New York City is going to give you health care. New York City is going to give you free education. Why wouldn't they want to come to New York City? I mean, it's ridiculous. Councilman Holden, real quick, your thoughts.
6: Well, again, this is, like I agree that uh, this this is really what what else can happen to New York City with all these migrants coming in? We're going to have a polio outbreak, tuberculosis, you name it. It's going to happen, and uh, this is this is again, we have to do something, and nobody has a plan here. No, nobody from the the Biden administration to the governor has a plan.
2: Well, thank you so much for being with us, Councilman Bob Holden. We love you. We appreciate you. And everybody stay right there. Talk about an action-packed studio we have coming up next in studio, Governor Chris Sununu from New Hampshire. We're going to ask him, is he running for president? He's coming up. This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
0: Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail.
1: A Common Sense Recap of the Day's Biggest Stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. Well, New Hampshire is a very big key state in the race for president. And the state has a very popular GOP governor, Governor Chris Sununu, who is currently serving his Fourth term, and he joins us now here in the studio. Of course, as we continue with Congressman Peter King, uh, Governor Sununu, it is so great to have you here in the studio. Oh, thank
8: you. This is fun. This is a this is a good time. I'm being down in New York. It's exciting. It's like going to the zoo. You know, it's like, it's like <laughs> it <laughs> I get to come little down little. <laughs> and you get to see kind of all the liberal snowflakes and you know, remind them that. Uh, you know, ask them just to for a little thank you every now and then to remind them that everything that is made, produced, grown, all the food in the world, it all comes from the red states. So you just got to remind them every once in a while with a little poking and prodding.
2: Well, I think they're used to it because mm. a lot of people, by the way, are fleeing New York, sadly. Um, you know, I want to talk. You recently went to the NRA. Yeah. Um, You talked about gun rights, also talked about sort of federal government versus states rights. What do you say as you are here in New York? And you're seeing, obviously, a lot of crime, unfortunately.
8: Yeah, look, I mean, you got to get to whatever you're talking about when it comes around firearms and safety and safe communities, uh, you got to get to the crux of the issue. We, no one is immune from a, a mass shooting or a school tragedy. I mean, we see that all the time now. It is a, an, a, an epidemic, if you will. But what's at the crux of it? Well, mental health issues and lack of mental health services around kids and lack of awareness, uh, you know, kind of more community driven awareness and the disassociation kids have with what's, with the other positive impacts in their lives and all these things. So, though, that's really at the crux of it. For, for that instance, you have crime. Well, what's at the crux of crime? Well, when you start defunding the police, guess what? You're going to have crime problems. So let's make sure that we're supporting law enforcement, keeping our communities safe, talking about kind of the cohesion of families and how to, again, stay connected with your community. So we can talk about gun laws and, uh, you know, abolishing this and abolishing that, but, you know, it, that's not what the issue is really about. Um, doesn't mean you ignore it. You've got to have the conversation, but the, the data just proves out, right? I mean, the most restrictive gun laws in the country are in Chicago. Chicago's rampant with with murder and, and crime and, and, frankly, you know, uh, violent criminals that are going unprospected. That's a whole nother issue that that's out there. Bail reform, you know, this these laws that of bail reform that are spurred up. That I think on the surface it was a, it was a, it was the right idea, but uh, in practical application it hasn't worked. Right? It's really created a lot of problems and really kind of excuse the pun, put the handcuffs on police officers in terms of what they can do to k- keep communities safe. So at the end of the day, I I'm an engineer by trade. I was a civil and an environmental engineer, and I just always want to redesign the system for a better outcome. That's all that matters
3: is the result. Governor, cool. you mentioned the gun law. When I was in Congress, I voted for a number of those laws. But if all of them passed, they were all enacted, they would have a minimal impact on crime. The fact is it's the bad guys having the guns That's and it. not only having them, but knowing if they get caught, they're not going to get locked up. And we had Juliana here as mayor and Bloomberg and Ray Kelly as the commissioner. These, I'm sure there was almost, almost as many guns then as there are now. These guys are afraid to bring them out in the street. They knew if they were stopped and frisked and found with a gun, automatic years in jail. Yep,
8: three strikes laws and things yeah, of that nature. Yep. You, you, when you create the deterrence, they work. I mean, those yeah, have, have been absolutely right. proven. So, um, again, you want to be sensible. You know, We're one of the most pro-Second Amendment states in, in firearm freedom states in the country and constitutional carry and all of that sort of thing. And we're also ranked uh, the, one of the safest states in the country because we support law enforcement and we, we make sure we're connected to communities. But make no mistake, no one is immune. Right. No one is going to pass enough laws that, uh, the, the mass shootings just stop in their state or violent crime just absolutely stops because of some law that we haven't thought of yet. Mm-hmm. Even red flag laws. Again, they, they sound great, but I was looking at a, at a piece of, of data recently that said the red flag laws in Chicago of the 1800 murders that have happened in the past two or three years. I think red flag laws were implemented four times, something like that. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, maybe a decent idea, but in practical, impl- but it tried to get, in, um, Enforced. It didn't really work. So,
2: what's the solution, right? Governor Chris yeah. of New Hampshire? Yeah. What's the solution? Uh,
8: well, for me, for me, a lot of this is driven on mental health. That's where a lot of my focus is. And, and around undiagnosed mental health for kids. And, and having a response teams, right? Having teachers be part of it. Your, your kids are in school most of their day, right? So, let's make sure teachers. I passed a law that said every teacher needs at least two hours of mental health and suicide awareness training. Very simple. Right? So that they understand the warning signs and what might be there and what, what to do. What
2: about armed guards? What about
8: armed, whether it's veterans? Absolutely. Harden your schools. So I invested about $60 million into better lockdown systems, communication systems, SROs, our school resource officers, uh, hardening of the schools and, and allow and making sure that that can all happen. Communication is a, is a big part of it. You know, if there's a crisis, uh, how do you respond? Whose responsibility? Those chains of command. We've seen that, unfortunately, time and again, not work out. But in New Hampshire, we have systems that we know—God forbid—something should happen. Systems that we can rely on that know that we're going to get the best response fastest. But, uh, but look, it's it's not about ignoring the problem. It's really about addressing all the issues at the crux and being sure that you can respond uh, appropriately.
2: You know, uh, you've had great success in New Hampshire, uh, Governor. Have Yeah, you well, have. Let's talk by the about way. some of
8: those amazing polls. Well, no, I, no, I'm I, just kidding. Uh, by the way, a lot <laughs> of people. <laughs> they- I mean, yeah, we don't oh, have all my that. Goodness.
2: Yeah, you got the you know he's uh, King's Highway and and the King and I are named after a uh, right. governor you know, I mean the, the Congressman <laughs> King. Um but let me let me start with you with um property taxes. You've reduced property taxes by a hundred million dollars. Um that's pretty impressive. Oh, that was last year. Yeah, I know, that was just but that's amazing. So my,
8: my thing is really simple. When you have I have a, I have to balance the budget every year. And I try to that's my biggest frustration with the federal government is that <clears throat> look, let's take a step back. There's no more there's no greater responsibility in government and in in the private sector, too, than managing other people's money. Right, You took time from your family. It's your blood, sweat, and tears. You worked hard. That's your money. Now, when you entrust it to someone like a governor or a legislature, they darn well better treat it responsibly. And so we I have to balance my budget every year. I have surpluses every year. I cut taxes every year, and we still have these massive surpluses, so we don't create more government. We, we're we, fantasizing we send it about back. It in New York. We send you it back to property country. taxpayers, and we say, here, we're going to send you cash to offset your property taxes. Or the what is typically a town project, maybe it's a town road or a town. Bridge will pay for that, right? So we send cash back to the cities and towns just to give everyone that economic freedom because it's it, it ain't my money.
3: Well, if we cut to the chase, <laughs> is there a lane for a governor from New Hampshire, a record like yours, to run for president? In the of abstract, course. in the abstract, no, or or in the very real okay. today? Let's okay. talk- yes.
8: No, I, look, there's no doubt people are looking for someone who. If, that is results driven, right? And by the way, never buy that. Well, I only had four years. I didn't have enough time to do what I needed to. Do you know I have to get elected every two years as governor? And if I don't get enough done, I can't go complain to the citizens. I didn't have enough time. I, I had Democrats clogging it up. I work with Democrats, Republicans. I always get my conservative agenda. And I can done. identify with so, you to this
3: extent. I've been up in New Hampshire for a few presidential campaigns with different candidates. They are the toughest people to deal with. Everybody yes. in New Hampshire thinks he's going to pick the next president. Got to earn it. <laughs> oh, God. Look, look
8: we, <laughs> we 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 need to look you in the eye, right? You're a presidential. Candidate. We're gonna look you in the eye. We're gonna right. buy off on you as a person right. even before we get to the politics, right? And that's that's I think why we have such high voter turnout, right. such high participation, and why we're so damn good at the first in the nation primary.
2: So I'm gonna follow up after Congressman King. Uh, you said there obviously seems to be a lane. When will you decide? Have you decided?
8: No, I haven't decided yet. I mean I'll probably decide this summer. Um l- look, let's uh, let's talk about Iowa f- for a quick second, right? Only about 15 or 16% of Republicans even participate in the Iowa caucus, which means 85, 80 to 85% of Republicans aren't even invited to the table. They're waiting for someone to invite them, someone that's affable, someone they can believe in, someone that's inspirational, someone that ain't just yelling at them all the time. I think we're all tired of that, politicians yelling at each other. No one gets inspired by getting yelled at. Are you kidding? That's crazy. So you've got to be results-driven with the right attitude. Uh, I think America's looking for it, whether it's me or somebody else. I mean I'm we're, we're very strongly looking at it. But there's a huge lane here to be a little bit different, a little more positive, a little more results driven, with a record of success. And I-, I think it can be transformative, not just for the country, but just the Republican Party. I want winners. Like I'm a Republican. I want Republicans to win in November of twenty four. And we are really
3: bad at our message. Is it possible for Donald Trump to win the general election?
8: No. November twenty it cannot happen. The math says I'm an engineer, I'm telling you, there's no logical way it happens. Either let's let's keep it super simple. If you believe he lost in 2020, which he did, uh, then obviously he can't win in 24, right? Cause there's no undecided voters. There's very few voters that are going to flip. Now, if you believe, well, the election was stolen from him. Oh, okay. So he was a sitting president where the election was stolen, where the, the Dems stole the election from him. Well, then if he's not a sitting president, aren't they just going to do the same thing again? If that's what you really believed. So, so you either be- way, you the logical argument. Yeah. E- either way, the logical argument says he can't win in November of 24. So, and, Look, we're Americans. The United States of America is founded on the next big thing, the next 2.0, the next technology, the next big idea, the next voice. We don't settle. We don't go backwards, right? That is not in our DNA and the American spirit. So I think it's a huge opportunity to say, hey, there's a new idea, a new generation, a new generation of the Republican Party. And if it's me or someone else leading it, I think that's a great thing for everybody.
2: All right. Well, you have to come back here when you announce, Okay? Anytime. Anytime. Governor Chris Sununu of the great state of New Hampshire. So glad to have you here. Here with congressman peter king you're terrific and we can't wait to have you back on again wow great to have you here Co- uh, governor wow this is really amazing what did you think uh you're you're right here listening to this all judge I, weinberg i
5: think uh the governor is a very impressive personality just because he's, he's, he's sitting
2: next to you you're no, saying no, no, that, no, okay <laughs> that's he's promised
5: me a drink afterwards but the answer is he's he's a common sense person he's a moderate he understands what you need to to lead And I think he's absolutely right. You need to have a change of uh, faces. I think Biden should get off the stage. I think Trump should get off the stage. We need a new age of leadership. Everybody stay tuned.
2: Bill O'Reilly coming up. But first, Lou Dobbs and the markets.
1: You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And we are back to and Cosby. The great John Matides is off. He's going to be back tomorrow. This is Rita Cosby. Uh, still with us in studio, Judge Richard Weinberg and, of course, former New York Congressman Peter King. We've had an action-packed show, by the way. The great Bill O'Reilly is going to be coming up later on in the hour. You definitely want to stay tuned for that. And also the great Asia expert Gordon Chang coming up with some big news of a uh, Chinese police station. Busted basically in New York. You don't want to miss that. Uh, well, today, of course, at the House Judiciary Committee, uh, one of the witnesses was the father of Joseph Borgen. Joseph was the victim of an anti-Semitic attack in Times Square. He was beaten really badly and joining us to talk about, sadly, the rise of anti-Semitism. And also this comes as we mark the 80th anniversary of the heroic Warsaw ghetto uprising. Joining us about all of this is our favorite Rabbi, Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, whose show is on WABC, the Rev and the Rabbi every Sunday, seven to eight AM. Uh, Rabbi, we love you. And, And first off, your thoughts about this powerful testimony today to hear the father of Joseph Borgen testify about how the attackers were basically given a slap on the wrist and how important it is to crack down on anti-Semitism.
7: You know, firstly, thank you, not only to you, Rita, but to everybody uh, at the roundtable today, those who couldn't be there, people at ABC, for always speaking out loudly, not being afraid to speak out on behalf of their own community, but on behalf of others as well. So we Jews are not alone. This is not as it was uh, in the 30s. There are those who stand with us, and are proud to stand with us. I met Joey Borgen some time ago, uh, victim of a vicious attack. Attacked for one reason. He was visibly identified as a Jew. He's wearing a yarmulke. Uh, and these guys should be punished to the fullest extent of the law. Uh, there is no no defense for, for hate crimes. And sadly to say, here we are, you know, uh, you say the 80th anniversary, the Warsaw Ghetto uprising, we're, talk- uprising. we're talking about the Holocaust. And we're still talking about anti-Semitism.
2: You know, one is of it? the things, uh, by the way, Rabbi, you know, the um, our great, uh, one of our great, uh, you know, folks here, our producer, uh, Rich Radabali, uh, showed us and was telling us how they're doing a replica World War II era cattle car, uh, which is such a powerful yeah. symbol, you know, and sign of uh, the, the <clears throat> transport of the Jews to the Nazi death camps. It's going to be in Times Square uh, tomorrow. And I think it is so important that everybody sees what happened, and especially when you see some of these places with the denials and all the things, young people need to know uh, the heroes of the Holocaust. They need to know the courage and the guts of these people against all odds they were fighting and what they went through. Why do you think it's so important to show it for for future generations? Everybody needs to see it.
3: Robert, if well, I could just say one word before you get to that because you're sure. much smarter than I am. I'm, I'm going to get a quick word. No, no. Can
2: we agree with that? Uh, absolutely, what do you think, Judge? Absolutely. What do you think?
3: No, no, was it, was no, it I, it I think they're
5: equally smart. Okay. I know them both well. They're okay. equally smart. Okay, we'll go. No, I was going to say, both.
3: on a serious note, though, is that it seems to me anti-Semitism is now becoming an acceptable bias under the guise of anti-Israel in academic circles and in certain uh, elite social circles. And it's really, to me, terrifying considering you know what we went through. This isn't the first time. And if anyone has any sense of history to see the way this is emerging, I think it's very scary.
5: And it's particularly scary because let's see what's going on. Saudi Arabia is now going to open up negotiations with Hamas. Thank you, Joe Biden, for doing that. And... Erdogan from Turkey is asking all the Muslims to rally against Israel. So, you, And uh, they're looking to start another war against Israel. This is very dangerous times. Rabbi, your comments.
9: Look, uh,
7: the witnesses of the Holocaust are dying. Uh, I went to a memorial service yesterday, at Temple Emanuel. Uh, the numbers are fewer and fewer. This morning, I had the opportunity to teach Uh, about Jewish tradition, Jewish history, to students at a Catholic school, the Sal Academy in Manhattan. And I look at those two uh, events. Here we're remembering the past, but we're also saying to young people, not only do you have to remember the past, but you have to make sure the past doesn't become the present. You have to make sure that your voices are heard. Uh, As Wiesel said, uh, the reason uh, the Holocaust occurred is those uh, who were supposed to shout were silent. We can't be silent. We have to shout. And thankfully, there are those who speak out. Uh, and social media has to be held accountable. Uh, people can get away with this stuff because they can post anything and everything, uh, including this revisionism, on social media. There have to be consequences, as we often say, for these kinds of actions. So uh, we cannot, we cannot uh, turn our backs. Those who turn our backs never see, t- never see tears. So. Continue to speak out as you are doing. And we need Holocaust education, real education. The people who, br- who yep. built those death camps were educated. The people who passed the Nuremberg laws were educated. We need moral education in schools uh, because we have to counter what's being done on um, Facebook and a host of other platforms and also what's not being taught in the home. So we have to be stronger than ever.
2: 1000%. Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, thank you so much for being with us. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, we stand with Israel and thank you for just this powerful reminder. It is so important. And again, the Rev and the Rabbi every Sunday, seven to eight o'clock on WHC. Joseph Potasnik
3: is my personal Rabbi, just so you know. Oh,
2: well, now That's I question. Now condition. I wondered. <laughs> uh, rabbi, I really liked you up until this moment. Wait a minute. Let me tell you, those
3: <laughs> confessions are 24
7: hours a day. Oh my <laughs> you know what? I could not ask for better friends. And you and others at ABC, because I, I'm an only child. My parents lost their children during the Holocaust. I'm a product of this marriage. So I appreciate family and your family. Well, thank we you. Love and you. it's a
3: Rosemary of Love. She just texted me. Thank you. Thank you
7: so much. And please send back.
2: All right, Rabbi, thank you very much. We love, we'll adopt you anytime. Thank you very much. We love you. And now, of course, another one of the big headlines that happened today. Uh, New York residents. Uh, basically been charged, tied to undeclared Chinese police stations in New York. And this comes as, of course, the rhetoric is ratcheting up between China and Taiwan. And joining us now is the great Asia expert, the best one out there, Gordon Chang. His Twitter is Gordon G Chang. Uh, Gordon, first, your reaction about these. They busted also, by the way, 34 Chinese just a little bit ago uh nationals tied to kind of creating these kind of fake police stations in New York City spying on American residents. This is wild.
10: This is wild. And it's good for the Biden administration to do this. But the question is, why wasn't this done earlier? And we got to make sure that we roll up all of the Chinese agents in the U.S. They've only arrested uh, or indicted two of them. Um, The other uh, 34 um, actually are in China and elsewhere in Asia and remain at large and probably will never see the inside of a federal courtroom. But it's good that the, the United States has done this, at least to send a message to Beijing. We know who's doing this and we will go after you. One other thing, Rita. Um, these 34 or so um, could not have done this without the approvals of those at the top of the communist party. We should be indicting the Politburo standing committee, including Xi Jinping.
2: Yeah. Take it to the top. You're right. Nothing happens there uh, without the top judge Weinberg.
5: Gordon, it's Richard Weinberg. You've written some very interesting articles recently, as you, as you always do. One is you're talking about China's war warnings. So we keep threatening war against Taiwan and the other piece I thought was fascinating, was you say Biden's policies are emboldened China to invade Taiwan. Would you tell our listeners about these articles?
10: Yeah. The the second article um, basically shows that China can be deterred because um, of a recent incident where China actually declared a three-day no-fly and no-exclusion zone um, north of Taiwan. And this was meant to intimidate Taipei. But this three-day exclusion zone was actually cut back to something like 27 minutes um, through pressure from Taiwan and through aviation agencies that uh, got in touch with Beijing. The point here is that there are things that we can do to prevent a Chinese attack on Taiwan, but we're not doing them. And unfortunately, right now, we've got policies that are actually encouraging the Chinese to go forward with an aggressive act that could start history's next great conflict. What would,
5: Gordon, what would you suggest that the United States do as a matter of policy to push back on China's aggressive agenda against first Taiwan? Thing is,
10: first thing, the president of the United States needs to publicly declare that the U.S. will defend Taiwan, um, and he needs not to have his subordinates contradict him, as has occurred in the past. Second thing is I think the president should offer to recognize Taiwan as a legitimate government of that island we should be offering a mutual defense treaty, positioning supplies in Taiwan, which we generally did not do with regard to Ukraine. And we should be offering to base a small tripwire of American forces there, something which has kept the peace on the Korean Peninsula. We've got 28,500 American troops in South Korea. Um, South Korea and the U.S. would be totally overwhelmed by North Korea, who has a far superior military. The North Koreans don't attack because the Americans are there. The principle applies to Taiwan as well.
2: And real quick, Gordon, we just have a few seconds left. I just got to ask you about this. China criticizing U.S. sanctions on fentanyl trade, saying that they undermine U.S.-Beijing relations. That is amazing.
10: Yeah. And they say, well, you know, this undermines cooperation. Well, Beijing hasn't been cooperating with us on fentanyl anyway. They've been putting their diplomats in support of the fentanyl gangs. They're laundering. The fentanyl gangs are laundering their proceeds from the Chinese state banking system. Go after the Communist Party, which is the real criminal here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You're right. I mean, it is unbelievable. And meanwhile, Biden is like tiptoeing around on all of this. It is crazy. Um, Gordon Chang, we love you. We really appreciate you being here on Cats and Cosby. And again, everybody check out Gordon G. Chang on Twitter. He has the best stuff. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Rita. Thank you so much. And Everybody stay right there. Coming up, the great Bill O'Reilly coming up next. And, you know, he always has some blockbuster stuff. Stay with us.
1: It's a common-sense recap of the big stories. It's Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC.
2: And welcome back to Cats and Cosby. The great John Matides is off today. He'll be back tomorrow. We continue in the studio with Judge Richard Weinberg and also former New York Congressman Peter King. And joining us now is the great Bill O'Reilly. Of course, he has close to 20 million books sold. Unbelievable. His new book is... Killing the witches. You know, it's going to be another blockbuster. Every single one of his is. And of course, he hosts Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly every night, nine to 10 p.m. on WABC. He's also on sit in friends and you hear him on other shows. He is the best. Uh, Bill, it is great to have you here. And I want to ask you this first off, this big news about Chicago. I'm sure you saw like, you know, you know, many riots. It was like basically over the weekend and this new mayor elect who just won, who's to the left of the left of Lori Lightfoot, came out and basically said, well, it's not constructive to demonize teens and these people who are torching cars and doing destruction all over the place. What, what is your reaction? What's your thought about the future of Chicago?
9: Well, I mean, this is standard issue for the progressive movement that you don't hold people accountable for what they do you make an excuse for them. So the excuse that the uh, new mayor of Chicago uh, put forth is that the uh, thugs who were running around um, Chicago, you know, three people were shot. Uh, There was destruction. Police were confronted. The reason they did this was they don't have enough space to play stickball or volleyball or uh, that's the reason in his mind that they (laughs) go and, Create mayhem. So if you were a college student and you wrote that in a paper reader, what do you think your grade would be?
2: Depends well, which college, by the way. <laughs>
9: you know, that's true. If you were Harvard, you might get an A. But it's, it's like a permissive parent. If you don't discipline your children, they'll burn the house down.
3: Hey, and Bill, Bill, just think you, during the Depression. I mean, how many kids went around destroying cities? because they're mother and father out of work. I mean, this is, to me, just a lack of responsibility. We're creating a whole generation which thinks they're, they're entitled to a living.
9: Well, it's easy to do, because the Chicago uh, situation was generated by the Internet. And somebody said, we're going to go down and cause trouble at 7 o'clock, and we'll all meet here. And hundreds of kids showed up, mostly minority kids. Of course, that wasn't reported, because it never is. Um, and then they decided to cause trouble because they know that they will not be held accountable. Now, there's an exception. The three kids who were shot, you know, by their own peers, um, they paid a price. But believe no one else will. The old book, Lord of the Flies, I recommend it to all WABC listeners. Read that book. Human nature will go out of control unless there is accountability and discipline.
2: And speaking of which, big hearings today. Bill O'Reilly, of course, at the House Judiciary Committee. They took it as a filled hearing to New York, putting basically Alvin Bragg uh, on, uh, you know, on display, if you will, his lack of prosecution. What was your reaction to just the fact the hearings took place here and and Alvin Bragg's record on crime? He continues to say it's just one big political stunt by the Democrats, Bill O'Reilly. That's his reaction.
9: By the Republicans. Yeah, by the Republicans. Thank
2: you. Yep.
9: No, that's all right. Rita and I have known each other for I can do that. Um, It was political on both sides. So you got to be honest in your analysis if you want to have credibility. So. The Republicans are trying to embarrass Bragg because Bragg indicted Trump. And the Democrats are trying to say, well, there was an actual statement came out of Bragg's office today. that said America, uh, New York is the safest city in America. Well, that's not true. And that's an insult to all of the crime victims over the past 18 months who have suffered at the hands of criminals who are not punished. But we live in a society where I don't know whether you'll see that on Eyewitness News, on Channel 7, or the local news. When I worked Channel 2, you would have seen it, believe me. But now it's a gloss over, and whatever political tribe you belong to, uh, you throw out propaganda. And so that's that.
2: And sadly, uh, the people of New York are left to shake their heads in the middle of all this, Bill O'Reilly. You know, I mean, that's the well, problem. they're
9: more than shaking their heads, Rita. They're shaking their middle finger because it's bad. And Alvin Bragg is... The the real depressing part about all this is things are not going to get better under Hochul and Adams and Bragg. Adams, I'm giving a little bit of a pass, too, because and we discussed this last week on uh, on the Cats and Cosby show, he wants to do the right thing, but he doesn't have the courage to break away from his progressive base. That separates him from de Blasio, who did not want to do the right thing. So there's a degree there.
3: Bill, do you think there's any chance, though, of Adam somehow realizing that yeah, this guy's a chance that uh... – uh, have a national reputation for himself is a you know, real opportunity to uh, again show he can get the job and cut himself loose from all these characters here in New York that have the worst reputation possible.
9: Who are we talking about
3: here? Adam, Derek Adams.
9: You know, it would take a lot of courage for Adams to reject the progressive philosophy and the big money people that provided him. The funds to get elected. In fact, I can't think of a politician who's ever done that, ever.
2: Well, Judge so Weinberg, I don't think it will happen.
5: Bill? It's Richard Weinberg. And what do you think about uh, Governor Hochul's leadership or lack of leadership in this budget fight and changing the, the criminal justice laws?
9: I, I think it's becoming clear that the legislature in Albany does not respect her. They see her as somebody who can be ignored and manipulated, the exact opposite of Andrew Cuomo. So you might not like Andrew Cuomo and there are a legion of reasons not to like him, but the legislature feared him. They do not fear Hochul at all.
2: And, you know, Bill, I want to get to another topic I know you're hot about, um, and this is something that is wild. uh, Albany banning Native American names from schools. Talk about that.
9: Well, schools used to be run by the local school districts, you know, the folks where we pay our school tax and then we go in and uh, debate about what's good for the kids in the public schools. That's the way it used to be. But under the socialist system that we have in Albany, Albany wants to control every facet of life in New York. And now they're saying, you schools, if you have a nickname of your teams, the Chiefs or the Warriors, if you don't change it, we're not giving you any state aid. This is what totalitarians do. And this is what's underway. I think they're going to sign it tomorrow. It'll become a state law. You better do what Albany tells you to do, or they're going to cut off your money. That's totalitarianism. I wrote a book, Killing Crazy Horse, The Merciless Indian Wars in America. And I actually had somebody in my publishing company go, well, we can't use the word India. And then I said, you're not putting the book out then. History is history.
2: Bravo. Bravo. Well, Bill O'Reilly, everybody's going to be tuning in tonight. You always have a blockbuster show, nine to 10, common sense with the awesome, great Bill O'Reilly on WABC. Bill, thank you for joining us.
9: Always a pleasure. Thank you.
2: Thank you. We love you, Bill. Thanks so much. And everybody, what do we stand for here? Truth, Truth, justice, and the American way. Have a great night, everybody.